What's up, Crossover fam? This is Tammy. We want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. God has been moving in major ways in our community, and we're so glad that you get to be a part of it. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to live out your calling in Christ. Enjoy this week's message. You know, it's always amazing when you come into a place where the Spirit of Lord is present. Amen. When you can walk in the place and, and, and just feel his presence. And I'm just telling you right now, I, I, I truly do feel his presence in this place today. And that confirms in my spirit that God is going to do something amazing and supernatural in here. Listen, for you today. Amen. Can, can you clap for that if you're excited that, that God is going to do something specific for you? Now, now, now it's great if he does something for, for, for them, right? But, but, but it's, it's super special when he can do something special for, for you or, or, or for me. Amen, somebody. And, and today, listen, I, I really just want everybody in here today, I want you to hear, hear me because you probably won't ever hear anybody say this. I want you to be selfish right now. Amen. I, I want you to be selfish and, and, and literally tune in today like as if God is speaking specifically to you because I truly do believe that, that he is going to speak specifically to you on today. Is that okay? If y'all want God to speak to you, can you give the Lord a hand clap and say, thank you, Lord. If you want my yes, you got it, you got it, you got it. Good morning, Crossover Church ATL. My name is Pastor Philip. If you do not know me, I serve as the executive pastor here uh, under the leadership of Pastor Scott and Pastor Tammy. And we are all getting back from Flavor Fest this week. Y'all clap for that. Some of you are like, what's Flavor Fest? What's, F- Flavor Fest is the, the largest, most awesome urban conference, urban church planners conference in the country down at our sister church down at Tampa, crossover, crossover, Tampa, down there in Tampa, Florida. So we all getting back from that. So you see some people and they're smiling. They, if they got a glow all on their face, that probably means that they, they were there this, this weekend. Amen. And, and, and if that is the case, that means that we are full and we have something specifically for you all today. So I believe that today that, that I'm on special assignment, say special assignment. And that special assignment is very simple. I'm here simply to drop some truths to you and your spirit man or your spirit woman. I, I'm literally here to drop some encouragement on the inside of you on today. I, I'm literally here to, to speak to you, to lift you up and pick you up today. That, that, that's the whole reason that I came here on today. Is that okay with y'all? Is that okay? I, I literally came here today to, to release some zeal back to you, to release some joy back to you today. I, I'm literally here today to speak to you and revive life back on the inside of you. Why? Because, you know, some of us, we've been down and out a little bit, right? Some of us have been putting all this makeup on, and the makeup is hiding and disguising the way that we're feeling on the inside. So we look cloudy and gloomy, but we put the makeup on and turn the frown upside down, right? So we're walking around smiling, but on the inside we hurt, amen? So today, that, that's the sole reason that I'm here today. And I'm going to give you this one scripture, one of my favorite uh, uh, biblical stories um, found in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9. I'm going to read one verse. After I read that one verse, we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into this thing. Is that okay? Let, 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 let's get into it. 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. This is what it says. One day, David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Look at somebody right now and say, do it for Jonathan's sake. Look at somebody else right now and say, do it for Jonathan's sake. 
Let's pray. Father God, I thank you right now, God. Release your power and your spirit upon your people right now. Allow them to open their eyes, their ears, their hearts, God. Allow them to be receptive to hear exactly what you are speaking to them today. God, speak and speak powerfully. Speak and speak boldly. Speak and speak audibly such that your people can hear, understand, and be active in the things that you have spoke to them. God, I thank you right now for doing it. I give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You can't lose hope, y'all. Let me say it again. You, you can't lose hope. I, I don't care what it looked like. Like you, you can't lose hope. Hope is the one thing that you, you got to hold on to with, with a reckless abandon. Me, meaning like, like if you got to hold on to hope and do it like my, my little granddaughter holds onto my leg. Like, like she grabbed me like this. Anybody have grandchildren or young children? They, they grab you around your leg and you can't move and you're like doing this. And this is how you're walking around because they just won't let you go. Even if I say, baby, go on and get off me. Pop is tired. My leg is tired. I can only go so far. She just looks at me like, like that. And that means, Pop, keep on going because I'm not going to let you go. There is something, Pop, that I want. It's called attention. Please give it to me, Pop. And I'm not going to let you go because I need it from you. But you, 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 you got to have that kind of reckless zeal and reckless abandon to hold on to. Look at somebody and say, you can't give up hope. You can't give up hope. Last week, Pastor Scott started talking about this thing called identity. Somebody say identity. Yep, so, so we're talking about identity. And the one thing that, that I want us to know and understand is that my identity is everything. My, my identity is everything. The way that I identify that is everything. It's everything to me. It should be everything to you because your identity is everything. Amen. So identity, what is it? I, the, 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 the definition of identity is this. It's who you are. It's the way you think about yourself, the way that you, you view the world, and the characteristics that, that all make up and define you. I told you I wanted you to be a little selfish today. Amen? When, 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 I, when I look inside the dictionary, the dictionary says it this way. The dictionary says identity is the condition or character as to who a person is or what a thing is, the qualities, beliefs, etc., that distinguish or identify a person or a thing. What is this? How do you know? Because we've identified it as a microphone, right? Be, be, because if you go and you look into to, to the, to the you know, d- dictionary, get online, and you find something that looks like this, it will say it is a, the thing that you're sitting on is a, How do you know? Because it's been identified as a chair. If you go and you ask the common person, what is this thing that I'm sitting on? Most people will say it is a, because it's been identified as that. Now, now what would happen if somebody came to you right now and they said, the thing that you are sitting on right now, that is called a shoe. And they were serious. No, I don't know what you call it around where you live at. But where I live, that thing that you are sitting on, it is called a shoe. You would look at them how? Just like you looking at me right now, like this. That ain't no shoe. What are you tripping, tripping, tripping today? Why would you say it's not a shoe? Because it has been identified as, 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 as a chair. And there is nothing that I can say that would convince you otherwise because you already know in your heart of hearts, in your mind, in your body, in your soul, that that thing that you are sitting on, it is called a chair. So let me say it again. The way that you identify a thing, right? My identity is what I say? Everything. 
My identity is everything. Proverbs 23, um, verse 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so too is he. Right? So, so there, there's something important about the way that we think about something, the way we identify a thing, the, the way that we look at something. Like there's something truly important because here's the problem. If we look at something or identify it wrong, the wrong purpose will come for that thing. So, so if, 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 I, if, if I looked at that chair and I told you that it was a shoe, you might be trying to put it on your foot. Not really. I, I hope not. Some of y'all are like, no, I don't, I don't think that would quite work, right? Be, be, because, again, the way we identify that thing, though, that's the important piece. And if we're identifying it wrong, the wrong purpose will come out of it this way. Let me ask this question. When you look in the mirror in the morning, when you looked in the mirror today to come to this place, how did you see yourself? How did you see yourself when you were looking in the mirror this morning? Some of us, I'm just going to be honest, you didn't even look. Some of us this morning, like you so like used to doing what you do and how you do it that it just happened. Like, like right now, if I, if I say, like, what did you see when you looked in the mirror this morning? Some of y'all are like, did I look in the mirror this morning? Be- because we're so used to the day-to-day life and, and the mundane and, and what's happening that, that sometimes we, we, we get so busy doing that that we don't even recognize nor do we identify And that's what life does to us sometimes. Life gets us in a place where we're, we're just going and we're moving, right? Life has a way of telling us what, what we're going to do, right? Situations kind of come up around us, and those situations have a way of telling us what we're going to do. As opposed to us being able to speak to the situation and watch the situation move. I don't know about you all, but I was reading this book before. And inside the book that I was reading, I opened it up and it said, if you speak to the mountain, you can speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to move and the mountain will. But yet and still we have the world telling us what to do. And now we are now defined by what the world tries to define us as and what the world tries to put us in the box that the world tries to put us in. But do y'all know we, we, we are not box people. Amen. You, you can't put us in, in, in a box, because if you put us in a box, some of us might come out fighting, because, hey, 1983 ain't too far away from me now. <laughs> Amen. So life, many times, it has a way of, of trying to speak, Mark Griffin, to our dreams, and to push our dreams down, and to tell us that, that our dream is not worth it, right? And there are some people around us, we'll call those people the haters, right? You, you share with them your dream, and then they look at you, and they're like, mm-mm, not you. You don't have the qualifications to do X, Y, or Z. And they take your dream, and they, they push your dream down. And then when the dream gets pushed down, what happens is we buy into it, so we believe it. So now we get off course, and now we're on the world's course, not our course. And then we're wondering, why in the world does life keep on doing me this way? Well, it's doing us this way because we're on the wrong course. Anybody ever drive somewhere and get lost? Do you keep on going? If you like my daddy, you do. He's stubborn, like, like stubborn, y'all. He just keep on driving and everybody looking like, this ain't familiar. We have not seen this before. 
I promise you the sign said California. We're trying to go to Florida. Help somebody help. He's like, oh, we're getting there. We're getting there close. Because of his pride sometimes, he just keep on driving. I know that's not none of y'all in here. Amen. So, so a, a lot of times when, when we get off course and we begin be believing things that, that are not truth, but, but they come towards us, it's easy then to live in that place of guilt. It's easy to live in that place of condemnation. It's easy to live in that place where we are down and out. It's easy to live in that place, even sometimes when it ain't even your fault. You was the passenger in the car. I wasn't even driving. I was just in the car. And I can't say nothing back to my daddy, because if I say something back to my daddy, he has a long arm. And he can reach the back. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about right there, y'all. Y'all know. He can reach the back, y'all. He can reach the back. And I didn't like when he reached the back, because, yeah, that, that is not good. That is not good. That is not good. So, so, so a lot of times, though, we're at the mercy of other people. And many times we're at the mercy of other people because we're off path. And they are now in control. And when they are in control, it puts you at a disadvantage. Say disadvantage. And sometimes the disadvantage hurts. And other times, not only does it hurt, but it leaves scars. And, and when it leaves scars, many times the disadvantage, now it's impacting your self-image, how you see yourself. But it's also impacting your, your sense of confidence, how you show up. So instead of showing up boldly, we show up feeble and weak. Instead of showing up and speaking the truth and proclaiming a thing and allow it to be established, we don't say anything. In our minds, we say, I, sh I, I wish I would have said that. Yeah. So, so then what happens because we don't speak up and we don't do what we're supposed to do too often in life, we go throughout life nursing those wounds, blaming other people when we should have spoke up. Sitting on the sidelines when we should be in the game. Making excuses when we should be scoring points and scoring touchdowns. Please understand, there is nothing that you are experiencing, have experienced, or will experience that is a surprise to God. Everything he either wills and or allows. That means as long as your eyes are open, you are in a good place. It might not feel like it, but the place that you're in right now, listen to me, is better than the place that we could be. It's a good place. It's all perspective sometimes, y'all. It's all perspective sometimes, right? Amen. Amen. Listen to me. I want y'all to hear this. God is not in the condemning business. That's just for somebody. That wasn't even in my notes. But God is not in the condemning business. God is literally in the restoration business. Somebody need to catch that. You got to catch that. God is not in the condemning business. He's in the restoration business. And if God is in the restoration business, that means that he is in the business of restoring you back, getting you back on track, getting you back on the path, getting you back in the right, getting you back to the place that you were created to be, to be doing what you were created to do. You might be on the sidelines even right now. You might be in the chair or the shoe sitting right now saying... I don't even know why I'm here. I didn't, I didn't even want to come here today. He ain't talking to me. He, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. He ain't talking to me, right? Right. You might be sitting there saying those very things right now, but I'm telling you right now that everything that has happened even to get you to this point, God was in the work, and he is in the midst, and he is doing it right now, and God is saying, I'm restoring you today. I want to make sure today that when you look in the mirror, 
You see, how I created you to be, not how the world has spoken to you that you are. That's two totally different things. Somebody say, my identity is everything. Look at somebody right now. Say, my identity is everything. Now you got to talk to yourself. Say, it's all about how I see me. It's all about how I see me. It's all about how I see me. Amen. The same God who created the universe. Y'all know sometimes we get people talking about the universe, right? Y'all do know God created Anyways, that's a whole different story. The God who created the universe, that's the God that's picking you up right now. Amen. That's the God who met you in this place today. So, so I want to tell you just a little quick story, a little quick story about this guy named Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. That's a tongue-twister type name. I'm not going to ask you to say that one because I jacked it up and you may as well. But Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth was the grandson of King Saul. Amen. King Saul um, also had a son. His son's name was Jonathan. Amen. King Saul was the first king of, of Israel. Amen. And, and David was, was Jonathan's best friend. They, they were best friends. They, they, I mean, like, like, they were, like, so close. They, 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 were, they were tight. They were tight. And this best friend, right, this best friend, he made this covenant in this pact with his best friend Jonathan. And, and you ever hear the term blood brothers? Anybody ever hear that term? Like, like back in the early 80s, we had this thing called Blood Brothers, and really, you did this thing. You're like, we are blood brothers. Like, like they really did that. Like, they were, like, closer than brothers. They were, like, really, really, like, together. And they made this covenant, and basically the covenant said, listen, whatever happens, I got you. Forever. Whatever happens, I, I got you. Forever. So th this was a covenant that they made together. Now, this is important. Why is this important? Because <sighs> Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, right? Is royalty. He, he, he is, in, in, in layman's terms, a prince. Somebody say, he's the prince. Any, anybody ever seen Coming to America? <laughs> he is the prince. Like, like this, this is like really going on. Like, like this Mephibosheth is the, he is an heir to the throne. It's a big deal. Like, like he got his own money, Lisa. Like, like for real. Like, like he is like really a, a prince. <laughs> Go watch Coming to America. It'll make sense for y'all later on, right? So, so he was destined to be on the throne, right? His future looked bright. But listen, at the age of five years old, everything changed. Because at the age of five years old, what happened was there was a battle, and his grandfather, the king, King Saul, and his father, Jonathan, they both died. And, and as they died, the enemy, right, the enemy's army, they were coming, in, and, and, and any time a king died and there was going to be an overthrow of the kingdom, that put everybody in fear. Because now when, when, when the king died, the people who, who, who overthrew the kingdom, they were coming. They were going to take over everything. So everybody in, in that, that lineage, they were now on the run. And at that time, old little Mephibosheth, he, he had, he had a, 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 a nurse who picked him up. And as the nurse was running, trying to escape, you all see me reenacting this Baywatch style, right? They, she dropped Mephibosheth. And when she dropped Mephibosheth, he broke both of his legs. So now Mephibosheth became lame, meaning he could not walk for the rest of his life. He literally had to be cared for for the rest of his life. Now listen, it, was that his fault? Somebody who was literally should have been taking care of him dropped him. How does that relate to us? See, sometimes in life, 
the same people who are supposed to be taking care of us, listen, accidentally drop us. And, and, and they don't mean to do it. It wasn't intentional that they did it. Listen, I'm talking to you right now. Some of you right now, you've been carrying a hurt and a wound forever. As long as you can remember, since you were three, four, five years old, you don't even know why you're carrying it. You're, you're holding it and you're, you're saying, why did they do that to me? That was not their intention. In fact, they were trying to whisk you away to safety. And they're trying to whisk you away to safety. Something happened. Boom, boom. And now you're hurt. So sometimes well-meaning people can hurt you. Amen. The nurse was trying to do the right thing. Somebody said the right thing. But in trying to do the right thing with good intentions, boom, there, there she is. And because of that situation, listen, it put Mephibosheth in a disadvantage for the rest of his life. Because now he's crippled, listen, on the run, hiding for his life. This same young man who should have been king one day is now running for his life. Now, I'm going to say this. Now, he, might, he may have been lame in his legs, right? But every single one of us in here right now, we all have some lameness. We do Pastor Scott. Some lameness that we are all trying to, to, to overcome, right? That one specific thing that is holding you back right now and has been holding you back forever. That one specific thing that is holding you back and you can't even tell nobody about it because guilt and shame, because you're on the wrong path, right? Because guilt and shame has overtaken you and you don't want to tell nobody because you're like, if I tell them, how will they look at me? If I say something, how will they feel about me? If I say something, they're going to look at me totally different. I won't even be able to go to church if they know this about me. Ah! Because you're at a disadvantage. And you're trying to figure out, what in the world should I do? Some of us even blame people. We start blaming them. Why did they drop me? Can't believe they did that. Why did they say that to me? Can't believe they said that. Why did they treat me that way? I can't believe they did that. Listen, why did they run and leave me? Where is my father? Why don't they love me? You know, sometimes cycles repeat themselves. And sometimes when we blame other people, we're blaming people who blamed people because they were in the same situation. Who blamed people because they were in the same situation. Who blamed people because they were in the same situation. And they said the same thing. I will never, when my opportunity comes, treat this one this way cycle repeats itself. I will never, when I get my opportunity, treat this one this way. Cycle repeats itself. When are we going to be the people who break the cycle and, and maybe do something different, right? Right. Listen, we have to understand that you are different. You are a difference maker. That's you. You need to clap for yourself. You need to clap for yourself. Even if you don't feel it right now, you just need to clap for yourself. You need to tell yourself, say, I am a difference maker. So, so let, me, let me go back to Mephibosheth. When Mephibosheth ran, Mephibosheth ran to this place called Lodabar. Let me say it this way. He really didn't run. When he was carried, he was carried to this place called Lodabar. Lodabar literally means wasteland. So, so here is the prince, royalty, on the run, and he finds himself in a desolate place called Lodabar or the wasteland. He finds himself in a place lower than where he should be. <laughs> you ever been there before? 
Mm-hmm. You find yourself in a place that you should not be, and you ask yourself, how in the world did I get here? You barely live, and you barely survive, and you're sitting there looking, and you're like, I know that there is so much more to this. How in the world did I get here? I'm not supposed to be here. I don't understand it. How did I get here? Amen, somebody. Let, let, me, let me help y'all out for a second. Let me help y'all out for a second. All right, so this is money, right? Dollar bill. Y'all see it? Dollar bill. So this is a dollar bill on stage. Say dollar bill on stage. But what is this? Dollar bill, dollar bill, dollar bill. So if I take this same dollar bill, right, and hold on, let me move. Cameraman, you're going to lose me. And I take the same dollar bill, and I move the dollar bill over here to the back, right? I'm going to leave the dollar bill back here. Dollar bill is in the back, right? So the dollar bill is where? In the back, okay? My man, op open up that dollar bill right there. Open it up. Hold, hold it up for everybody. Okay. Everybody look at the back. What is that? Where is it at? So the location changed, yes? Is it still a dollar bill, though? Okay, okay. So point number one, point number one. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Your location does not change your identity. Your, your, your location does not change your identity. It, it was a dollar bill here. It's a dollar bill back there. You, you put it in your pocket. Do, do something with it. Like, he, he was still holding up. He's like, what I, what, what I do with it? Should, should I just? <laughs> so, 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 so the dollar bill, it does not change. Amen? Some, amen, right? So, so here's the key. Your location does not change your identity. No matter where you find yourself at, you're still who God called you to be. Right, right. Mephibosheth, he found himself in a low place. Listen, but he was still royalty. Amen, somebody. Other people couldn't see it because when they looked at him, they saw him as, oh, he is Mephibosheth who, who cannot even walk. He is, that's how they saw him. And I can only imagine the things that they said about him. But it does not matter what they said about him, as my dad would say. What matters is what you respond to. Hello, somebody. We got to start responding to the right things. So instead of responding to Mephibosheth, the cripple, the lame, right, the broke down person who lives in the wasteland, he has to respond to who he was created to be. He is Mephibosheth, the prince, the heir to the throne, and he has to begin speaking and living that way. Amen, somebody. Because your location does not change your identity. Amen. So my dad, y'all hear me talk about my dad and my mom a lot. My dad, his name is Dennis. My mom's name is Marsha. I am Dennis and Marsha's son. They are probably watching via the live stream today. And as soon as I get done, my mama is going to call me. She's going to say, you did a good job, son. You did a good job. Now, if she does not call me, then I need to call her and be like, did I not do a good job today? <laughs> what is going on, right? But, but I am their son. Listen, my parents live in Louisville, Kentucky. I talk to my parents every day. Somebody say every day. That because we have that type of relationship. So I am their son here at the church. Hello. I am their son when I go outside. I am their son when I get in that white Honda. I am their son when I drive up to go home to Rome, Georgia. I am still their son, right? So my location, no matter where I go, my identity goes with me. When I leave, I'm still going to be Dennis and Marsha's son. Because that's who I am, and that's what my identity is. In the same way, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, hello, somebody, you were now adopted, and, and you left the old, and you came into a new world, in a new realm, in a 
a new family called the family of Jesus Christ. You, you instantly became royalty when you said yes. If you want my yes, you got it. When you said that yes, that yes put you into the kingdom of God. It put you into the family. There is nothing that you can do that will take you out of that family. Some of us, we, 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 man, we get so mad because we mess up. And we mess up and we're like, now I messed up, so I'm kicked out of the family. It don't work that way, y'all. Y'all know how many times I messed up. My dad never came to me and said, son, you messed up real bad this time. Guess what? Going to take all your blood out. You're not going to be in the family anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Listen, even hypothetically speaking, even if my dad came to me and says, you can never be around here anymore. Even if my dad said all kind of crazy words to me. It still doesn't change the fact that I'm still his son. His words can't change the fact that I came from him. Just like our hang-ups and our mess-ups can't change the fact that once we are adopted into the kingdom of God, that nothing can shift or change. He doesn't kick us out nor get rid of us, right? In fact, this is when he wraps us up in his loving arms, when he wraps us up and he says, you are mine. I don't care what they say about you. I don't care what you got going on. You are still mine. You are still the apple of my eye. I call you mine. And this is what the Lord says. So nothing that has happened to you, is happening to you, will happen to you, will change that. Because your location doesn't change your condition. Amen. What's this? Five dollars, right? Five dollars. So, so, so if I take this five dollars, right, and now, now I'm going I'm I'm to beat this five dollars up, right? This five dollars, somebody said right over here. Where, where, right over where? This, this five dollars right here. Uh, Throw that five dollars down. I'm, uh, I missed it. I'm, I'm gonna step on the five dollars. That was a big jump, right? I'm mad at this five dollars. So if I take this five dollars and I throw it away, who said right here? You said right here. So I, I threw it away. Look, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. So I'm sitting there saying, Ah, five dollars made me mad, right? That five dollars, man, that five dollars got on my nerve. I can't believe that that happened with my five dollars. Now I just stomped in the five dollars, just crumpled the five dollars up. I'm mad at the five dollars. <sighs> Point number two, y'all ready? Oh, first of all, go ahead, go ahead, unroll it, open it up for me. Open it up. Don't, don't be scared. It ain't gonna bite you. <laughs> she like, man, this thing is all torn up, all crumpled. It's all, yeah. Is it still five dollars? It's still five? It's still five? Hold it up. It's still five? Yeah, it's, y'all, y'all see that? It's still five dollars. Point number two, you ready? You ready? Your condition doesn't change your identity. Let me say it again. Your, your, your condition doesn't change your identity. That five dollars is still a five dollar bill. Even after it had been crumpled up, torn down, thrown on the floor, thrown away. It's still five dollars. And, 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 and hear me, listen. It still has value. You, you, somebody need to hear that right. It, it, it still has value. Look, it still has value. It, it still has value. It still has 
has value. There is nothing that anybody can do to take the value away from that thing. I guarantee right now when you go to the store and you put it on that thing, that person going to take it on in. They're not going to take, they're not going to look at it and be like, mm, I'm sorry. That $5 right there looks like it's been beat up a little bit. Looks like it's been tarnished a little bit. Looks like it's been thrown away. No, no, no. They don't see that. You know, the only thing they see, listen, is the value of the $5. My, my, my point to you is this. The stuff that you're going through right now, your condition, your situation that you're in right now, it does not change who you are and whose you are. You are still royalty. You are still in the kingdom of God, right? Living with addiction, that is not your home. Hear me, somebody. Living in depression, that is not your home. That's not who you are. Living in self-pity, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. Listen, sometimes... We try to take on something that we're not. That's not who you are. It may be a situation, but it, it, it's not who you are. Listen, you're royalty. You're royalty. You're, you're, you're gods. And that's who you should identify with. Amen, somebody. I want you to know and understand today that the same God who called you out of the mess and the mire and, and the jacked up situations and places that you were in, the same God that saved you from that stuff, because somebody know what I'm talking about right now. When, 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 when you woke up that one day because you knew that you was not going to wake up and you prayed that prayer, you said, Lord, if you just saved me just this one last time. How many of y'all prayed that prayer? I know I done prayed it. I prayed that prayer a whole bunch of times. And every single time I say, this the last time, God, and he always come through because the situation is not who I am amen somebody he sees us in our rightful place so so long story short they go Mephibosheth is in hiding and and that gets us to the scripture that we started off with today where we see King David who had now taken the throne finally and King David had taken the throne and King David goes to his servant Zeba and he says you know thank you is there anybody still left from the house of Saul that I might show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? You know, that was my boy. You know, we, we, we had a covenant and a pact and a promise way back when. And, and the pact and the promise, I, I told him way back when that, that I was never going to allow his family to be in wait and ruin and, and lie and be all jacked up. So, hmm, is there anyone left? And Zeba, Zeba, one of the servants, he had been keeping up with what, what was going on. And Zeba spoke up and he says, well, king, there is one son. His name is Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lives out, you know, in Lodabar. Y'all know Lodabar. Yeah, you know, after, all, you know, the stuff happened, he, they went on over. Oh, yeah, and King, by the way, you know, he's, he's crippled. And this is the king's re response. Mephibosheth, huh? Go get him. And, and so the king got several of his servants, 
and he sent all of his servants to go find Mephibosheth. Listen to me right now. See, some of us right now are in that Mephibosheth position where we found ourselves in a low place. We found ourselves down and out. We found ourselves, and, and we're in that low place trying to figure it out. But now God is sending his son, and he's saying, Jesus, go get him. Jesus, they're in a low place. Go get him. Jesus, go get my son. Go after him. So now the, the king's servants they go over to find Mephibosheth. And you got to remember what's going on. Mephibosheth was in hiding. So, so he was afraid for his life, but he gets a knock on the door. Who is it? Y'all know that knock when you hear that knock, y'all. Hey, oh, no, I'm not answering that knock right there. Oh, uh, I'm going in the back and I'm hiding. They said, Mephibosheth. Now they calling my name. What do I do? Mephibosheth opened up. No, 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 no. Now y'all know he lame. Y'all know he lame. He's like, what do I do? Somebody help me. And, and y'all know, it, it's always the one person who's like, nah, he right there. It ain't me. It ain't me. He, it's, it's him. It's him. He, he right there. So, so they come in. They said, are you Mephibosheth? And I can only imagine him. Corbin, I can imagine him looking dead in the man's face. Because I can imagine how he said it all. Are you Mephibosheth? Yes. And at that point in time, they said, grab him up. The king wants to see you. And I can imagine all the things that were going through his mind. He's like, well, it's finally here. Finally caught up with me. I remember all the stories about how my grandfather used to try to do all this crazy stuff to David, try to kill him. Now, now it's finally caught off to me. I've been out here hiding, and he found, how did he find, somebody ratted me out. I know what it was. Somebody ratted me out. So Mephibosheth gets in front of the king, y'all. And when he gets in front of the king, the king says, Mephibosheth, don't be afraid. I didn't come to kill you. I came to restore you. Point number three today, point number three today, listen to me. <sighs> Jesus, your identity is in the bloodline. Your, your, your identity is in the bloodline. It did not matter what Mephibosheth did or did not do. The fact of the matter is that because Mephibosheth was in the bloodline, because of the blood, see, so you got to understand and really catch it. It wasn't what he did or did not do. It was the fact that there was a promise made. Hello, somebody. And, and because of the promise that was made, Mephibosheth got restored. Be not because of what, but because of the promise that was made. So because of that promise, the king looks at Mephibosheth, now this is King David, he says, Mephibosheth, no longer will you leave, live in ruin. No longer will you live in a place of isolation, desolation. But you will now live in my house. Mephibosheth, you see those same servants that came and picked you up? Mephibosheth, listen, you don't even have to worry about how you're going to carry yourself anymore because all these people right here are now under your authority. So whatever you need, Mephibosheth, you got it. Mephibosheth, you see all these servants out here? You don't have to worry about nothing because they are going to till the ground and all the labor and all the fruit and all the vegetables that they get. Guess what, Mephibosheth? You're going to eat. In fact, Mephibosheth, 
I'm going to sit you at my table where you belong. Because I made a promise to you, Mephibosheth. My, my, my promise that, that I spoke, it, 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 it doesn't come back void. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, it says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives. Mm. Whoa! who he gives his grace to, or whom he sends his call. Why, why am I telling you this? Because the situation can't, it doesn't change nothing. The condition don't change nothing. What they said don't change nothing. The only thing that changes is the blood. The Bible declares, it says, that it's the blood that covers a multitude of sin. When we're jacked up, the blood still covers us. When we're, in a, when we're in a wreck, the blood still covers us. When I can't carry myself, the blood still says, mm, I can pick you up and carry you too. So we have to understand that when you accept Jesus in your life, this is the bloodline that you come into. So I told you today when we started, I told you, I want you to be selfish today. And there was an intentional reason why I wanted you to be selfish. I wanted you to be selfish because God is speaking to you today. And he's saying, son, daughter, I've come to save you from your situation. I've come to pick you up out of your mess. Listen, listen, this is for somebody. I've come to save you, listen, from yourself and the self-destructive habits and thoughts that you've got yourself in. I sent my son today. His name is Jesus. And he wants to meet you right where you are. Listen, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you're in this place right now, and God is speaking to you, the hand that you feel on your shoulder right now, that, that's him. That presence that you feel all around you, that, that, that's him. If you're quiet right now, you can hear him speaking to you. I'm lifting you up. I'm picking you up. I love you today. I came all the way to Lodabar, your Lodabar, to get you out of your situation because you are royalty and your identity is everything. Father God, we thank you right now. We thank you for the identity of Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for your hand of favor and protection. I thank you right now, God, for every single person who is crying out to you, even now, God. God, I thank you, Father, that um, you are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent, God. And what you said about them, it is true, Father. So, God, we speak right now, God, 
that you can cover a multitude of sin. We speak right now, Father, that you can shift and change situations, God. God, and I thank you right now, Father, that you're still a God who loves us, Father. Our location, it doesn't change our identity, God. Our condition, it doesn't change our identity, God. The only thing, the only identity, the only thing that matters is the fact that we're in the bloodline, your bloodline, a son in the daughter of the Most High King. So, Father, I thank you right now, God, for reaching us, meeting us, lifting us up, and speaking life and reviving us where we need to be revived, Father. God, don't let your children forget. Every time they look in the mirror, Father, let them see a reflection of you. God, every time they look in the mirror, God, let this moment, God, be seared in their heart so they know what they're looking at. Because if they know what they're looking at, they'll know what to answer to. So, God, we glorify you this day, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Man, what a powerful message. We want to thank you for tuning in. I hope that this week's word blessed and encouraged you. God is doing some amazing things in our community, and we're so glad to have you be a part of it. If you're new to our ministry, we would love to connect with you. You can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash connect and fill out the information so that we can stay connected. Also, if you would like to give to help support our ministry, you can go to crossoverchurchatl.com backslash give. Thanks and God bless.